0: Follow me down this deep dark hole.
1: New Horror Express, your monthly podcast, giving a look at the latest in horror, as well as chatting to the best breaking talent the genre has to offer. I'm your host, Scott Murphy, and in this month's episode, I'm chatting to Australian film director Luke Shanahan. We talk a lot about his new film, Rabbit, uh, which I first saw at the Dead by Dawn Festival, and um, if you've been listening to previous episodes, you've probably heard me talk a bit about it before. It was uh, one of the standout films um, of that festival. Uh, we go into a lot of different details about the movie. We talk about the look of the movie, the score, the how, how the story was conceived. Um yeah we go into a lot of different facets um, about that film Uh, so you you will learn a lot about that movie Um, I feel like it's a movie you should definitely uh, check out and um, yeah listen to what uh, the director has to say there's a lot of interesting stuff comes out of this interview we don't just talk about um, the film rabbit even though that does uh, dominate the conversation there is a A bunch of other stuff about the director's influences and other projects he's done, future projects he's got coming up, but I won't uh, talk or hold you any further. I think it's time to get on with the interview. So here's my guest, Luke. Hi, Luke. Welcome to New Horror Express. Good to have you on the show. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, good to be here. Um, well, we're, first of all, we're going to discuss uh, your f- film, your feature debut, Rabbit, uh, which um, I saw at the Dead by Dawn uh, Horror Film Festival, and um, it got a big response there. And a lot of people really liked it. I was one of those people. Um, so tell us a little bit about how the uh, story came about, um, how you developed it. Yeah,
0: well, look, it's uh, it's uh it was it's been I suppose a um a long process, but when I talk to other people, possibly not as long as I thought, you know. Um, mm. so especially for a first film, which was which was nice to hear. Uh, it sort of came about. Um, I've always been a a horror and a genre fan, but um, I didn't, to be honest, didn't expect my first film to be one of those types of films. Um, uh, I had a few other scripts sort of kicking around, and they were kind of in limbo, you know, like that, that inevitable trying to get funding and then it's, it was a bit too big for a first film and then something fell through and that sort of thing. And so I had this in my well, back pocket. I'd been working on this film called Rabbit, this script called Rabbit. And yeah. it sort of came about by my fascination with twins. Um, obviously, it's a great, you know, uh, sort of archetype of, of horror to have, you know, you, we've got, we all know the famous girls at the end of the hallway in The Shining and plenty yeah. of films sort of got that you know, it's nothing new, this idea of identical twins. But what fascinated me was I had a, a friend who was an identical twin and her other friend, oh, sorry, her sibling, her, her twin lived on the other side of the world. And she would, I, I was much, I was friendly with one of them, did knew the other one kind of. Got talking one day to my friend here in Sydney and she just spoke about how they hadn't been that connected lately and it, it was taking, a, you know, a while to to reconnect and, you know, like they are drifted apart a wee bit. And I always thought, you know, just being identical twins, that they were sort of joined at the hip, really. And she said, oh, well, yeah, she gets on my nerves a bit. And, and you know, I still love her. And I, 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 I'd, I'd know if she was being tortured. And that was actually the line, which I thought was a really fascinating thing to say, <laughs> kind of weird. Um, and I sort of, I, I sort of quizzed her a little bit more and sort of said, no, what, what really is that? What, what do you mean? She said, well, I just, it's like that sixth sense that you do get. You, I mean, you hear the cliche of somebody yeah. you know, falling over and breaking their leg and on the, you know, the other person feeling it, suddenly getting a sore leg or, you know, knowing when your twin was pregnant or, you know, broke up with a boyfriend or girlfriend or something. Yeah. So I just, yeah, just got talking and she, she, she rattled off about five or six instances when, when on the other side of the world they may have not spoken for a while or, or had sort of like um, sense that something was coming and that they just, you know, literally were on the same wavelength. So I just yeah. explored that concept, which was where Rabbit started, and I thought, well, if one was missing, could essentially that twin call out for help? And I just thought, well, that's a that's a pretty a good a nice start for a sort of a horror thriller.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's certainly um, a good uh, launching pad, and um, I like you say, there's there's been um, a few horrors that have kind of explored uh, twins and. Uh, you know, like uh, I suppose Cronenberg's Dead Ringers comes to mind.
0: Absolutely, but a lot of a lot of them too. Yeah, absolutely. But a lot of a lot of the films normally have it's a Jekyll and Hyde sort of twin thing, isn't it? I mean, it's like sort of, yeah, have sort of yeah. You got the bad twin. It's Cain and Abel, the bad twin and the good twin, or the other twin's trying to kill the other one, or it's it's sort of a they're trying to trick someone, or there's normally deception. I can't remember too many that look. I and I'm not pertaining to have any of the big answers but just just try to sort of I guess hold a hold a um, you know a light up just to the connection you know and just try to Mm. sort of um, you know and then and and the closeness of it or or even when you think you're not that close anymore there is sort of an intrinsically you know um, a a bind between them and especially this idea that are you tied to their fate and I guess fate was another big sort of starting point for me this idea that if someone is going to go choose one path, does the other twin ultimately, if she's led that way, go down the same path?
1: And that's um, uh, we can't, um, you know, without giving too much of the film away. Um, yep. That is something very much that the the, the movie explores.
0: Um. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's sort of my, you know, it's as you, you know, it's 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 a film of two halves essentially, two yes. twins, two halves. And so the first half essentially starting, you know, starts quite conventional. I won't give anything away, but sort of the, the abridged synopsis is, uh, you know, Maud is studying in Germany, um, sort of estranged. Her sister went missing um, a while ago. Uh, police, everyone's sort of given up. It's a bit of a cold case. And uh, she starts getting visions that she's alive and, you know, trapped and, in, and held hostage in a cabin in the woods. Um, and essentially starts following these visions and returns home to Adelaide in Australia. And yeah, essentially follows these visions and starts to go down the exact same path that her twin went beforehand. And so I guess that, that element of confusion that I did like, you know, this idea of mm-hmm. which story am I watching? Am I watching the twin that went missing or am I watching the twin following the twin that's missing? Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, ending up with this sort of question of, you know, is there a variable? Are we destined to sort of, you know, to choose our own fate or, you know, um, if you're led a certain way, can you... Um, can you escape it? I guess.
1: Uh, and uh, choose a different path.
0: Yeah, exactly. And being aware of, of of that and sort of, again, you know, this idea at the, uh, you know, when she discovers sort of like what's going on and meets all the weird and crazy people that, you yeah. know, she's sort of aware of the game that's being played. So it, yeah. So it's uh, yeah. I find it fascinating. I think most people do and the, the film's getting a great response from not just twins, but people that sort of, because I think there is although there's not a lot of scenes where we, where we use that I guess that visual of, of the twins standing side by side I think mm. um, only or well, mainly mainly because it wasn't needed because it, obviously one of the, the films one of the parts of the story is in flashback the other ones in, in real time, yeah. but also too it wasn't it was important to not have you know a, a Adelaide uh, the Maud and Cleo characters in the same scene because they never do inter- interact in the script and it wasn't just a uh, you know, it wasn't just a budgetary thing. Oh, we can't we can't do any effects or CGI to get them together. It, yeah, there just was no need for the stories to sort of um to to no. connect on a on a literal level. If you like the, the the actors, although the, yeah. although the stories are sort of the same, they're intertwined, but we never see them. You know, we never do a dead ringers and see them. You know, having conversation with each other.
1: Fair, yeah, fair fair enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't feel like the. You know having seen the movie i, I don't feel like the, the story needed that yeah that's yeah absolutely i was one of the things i was thinking while watching the film was one is it's a very striking f- film it's a very um, good looking film and it's it's quite it doesn't i mean it, you know, without trying to s- stereotype too much, um, it doesn't look like an Australian movie. There's like a kind of European look. I, I you know, I was I kind of thought of like people like Hanukkah um, and and films like Funny Games, yeah. and um, also like um, y- Yorgos Lanthimos, who made yeah. like yeah. the Sacred Deer* and Dogtooth yeah. and those kind of films.
0: Yeah. Well, look, yeah. Um, look, thank you. I mean, no, it's huge compliment, but, uh, and look, it's not that we set out to David, the producer and myself, we, we've done, uh, we, I love that question, but yeah. yeah, And that question comes up all the time. And it's funny because you sort of get an idea of what you think Australian film is. And mm. it's obviously what you, you know, the rest of the world, how the rest of the world views it too. Um, we didn't set out, I didn't set out to make an un-Australian film. I mean, I'm, I'm as, Pretty much Australian as they come, but it's yeah, you're right. All all my references and all my influences, apart from probably Wake in Fright, which is an old Australian film. I don't know if you know, and also Peter, we picnic at Hanging Rock. Um, you know, just which again had a sort of a European aesthetic. Um, I'm not really, yeah, the colour of the Australian film, and I think possibly you know that may be what you're alluding to, just that sort of. Well, I mean that Priscilla, Muriel's Wedding, Outback, sort of like all our films seem to be tainted with quite rich, broad colours. You know, our our colour palette was very neutral. It was very, yeah, it could have been, you know, it was dreary. It rained every day, which sort of helped. This sort of, sort of Scando look, you know, somebody called it Scando sort of thr- like noir, you know, it's that sort of Scandinavian feel that a lot of those, um, you know, those, those great, you know, TV thrillers are sort of employee. So it's, it, and, and all my references were, my, Hannah K is a, a perfect example, um, you, you know, and, and also to um, Killing of a Sacred, like uh, Yorgos, it's, it's that feel, you know, and he's, he, he just, I, I don't know, I slightly, I, I really thought it suited this. And if you know, the costume designer Anita and the production designer, Amy Baker, and everyone sort of adhered to the same sort of neutrality in the whole, the colour, I mean, we start off and it's very blue and Germany's very blue and dark. And then we get to Adelaide and it's sort of gold and, 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 and rich. And yes, but, but it's still sort of uh, painted by the same brush. And then we get to the, the forest, which is just greens and earthy tones. So it's, it's yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it, it, it was deliberate. It wasn't to try and sort of shun the Australianness ness of, of, yeah. of, of, of me or the story or anything. But it, I felt like this could have been set anywhere and indeed, where we are wasn't crucial to the plot, uh, wasn't crucial to the story. So, yeah, we're in Adelaide and, you know, I don't hide the fact that it's mentioned that we're in Adelaide, but it's sort of, um, you know, it could be in Edinburgh, it could be in Stockholm, it could be in you know, Oregon, you know. And I, uh, so the story sort of works on that level. And I, I was more interested in the colours rather than sort of like the location being a character in terms of, you know, where we are on the globe
1: yeah I, I mean yeah I mean it doesn't seem like a, a, a story that needs um, the location to be a character it's, a, it's very much um, the character driven you know the, the character yeah. of, of Maud uh, drives, drives the movie and yeah, it's, it's her journey and uh, you know and the, the connection you know, like we've, you were discussing about the connection and it's about that and, and fate and um so yeah there's, there's.
0: In, say, in saying that though i just my one thing on that is that, that the house again without no spoiler alerts but the house okay. in the second act essentially is, becomes a character i think and, and also yeah. but that house could be anywhere and so that fairy tale element that i wanted to get and i, I like i try and I try and uh, pitch, you know, I pitched it as sort of a fairy tale, like almost like, you know, the old going down the rabbit hole, you know, yeah. giving it a little bit of Alice in Wonderland. So essentially my, my red in the middle, you know, and I keep talking about this red, but obviously there's, there's a, there's, the film is separated by a, by, a, by a five second block of red, which essentially yeah. is breaking the twins up. And, you know, so once Maud discovers the truth, so, so to speak, and goes down the rabbit hole, then we wake up in this sort of fantasy uh, sort of, yeah, I do like that sort. I like films where I'm displaced, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk about the, the Wicker Man's and some of my other um sort of references where you sort of don't know where you are. Um, yeah. I, and it sort of feels like somewhere you know, and it's parts of dreams. And I, you know, I think that's why David Lynch's worlds work so well for so many people. Is it's like I think I've know this is this part of a dream? Am is it real? I've seen I've seen bits of it, but I can't place it. And I. I like feeling uneasy in 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 that regard, you know.
1: Well, absolutely, absolutely. It does seem like you you mentioned that the wicker man there it does, and um, also things like waking fright and, and and picking a hanging rock. It does seem like you're very influenced by the cinema of the seventies, the horror of the seventies.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Now that would be, absolutely. Along with, I mean, there, there's not too many um and i mean most directors horror directors i think you know that they uh, it only goes to show with all the remakes that seem to be happening and it's funny you know i've been looking at a few scripts recently that are remakes that have been sent to me it's sort of and, and in that 70s you know like i mean everything's been remade but they sort of always want that they don't quite get it all the time they don't get it a lot of the times but um you know when they want that aesthetic they want that 70s feel down to down to shooting on the, the way you shoot it in the stock and you know how you treat it in post to to give it that sort of almost you know it was when it was eight millimeter it was sort of like you know it's 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 like remaking last house on the left but it's sort of like you know making it look like but it doesn't look like that there's too much of a polish i reckon to 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 modern day remakes you know it's almost been given the mtv american brush and the thing that made the 70s so great for me was the was was the, the film the look and i you know you can do classes on it and you sort of go, you don't quite know. It's a mixture of everything. It just makes it, I think, you know, there's a few films of late that, you know, the last few years that I think managed, I think It Follows was shot beautifully. Um, yeah. You know, there's, there's a few films that managed to get that, I think, um, sort of visual aesthetic. But again, i go back to, you know, Polanski. and uh, The Wicker Man was huge for me. Rosemary's Baby was huge for me. Um, you know, those 70s sort of feels, and even late 60s, 70s, even into the early 80s, Before they got to sort of, um, before the MTV generation came in and just, you know, transplanted sort of like a, you know, a greenish hue with a bucket of blood, you know, it just, it was creepier and there was something creepy about the 70s and it wasn't about the body count. It was, you know, the Wicker Man still scares the hell out of me. Um, Rosemary's Baby scares the hell out of me. And, and, you know, there's very little gore. And I think that's where we suffer, where, where, we thought we were going to suffer, I should say, with with Rabbit, um, in the genre world. The genre world has eaten it up, and it's doing really well. And we started off. I mean, um, after premiering in Melbourne International Film Festival, we went. You know, we we did a lot. Of, basically, ninety percent of its 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 moods um, has been you know fantastic. Fest sitches, um sort of like we we ran all the you know Dead by Dawn. We've done. I think we've done about twenty twenty five. Um, genre festivals and i was awesome. surprised initially because it's not i mean and, and some of the films you see at the genre film festivals are real blood and guts you know which I, look i love i love yeah but the rabbit's not that and you know when i think about this like there's not much blood in rabbit so i was actually curious as to how the genre audience would take it because it's quite I'm not going to use the word slow, but it's quite paced and measured, and you know. Um, so I guess I'm hoping that it did tap into that '70s aesthetic, where those films we talked about just then, um, they didn't move at a million miles an hour. There was a constant sense of unease and dread, and constantly something bad is going to happen here. Um, and that's what hopefully I've you know managed to accomplish.
1: Yeah, I i think you i think you did and i i i think you're right it does have a a measured pace, but I think that the the story and the characters and the central performance by Adelaide Clemens kind of hook you in and make you follow that story and see where it see where it goes and it doesn't need to be um any faster and I, yeah it's it, it's weird because Horror does tend to be like that now where it's like very much, you know, it has to be, you know, a body every five minutes. And you look back at those 70 films, even the slasher films of the 70s, even things like Halloween, not much just happens in like the first you did right. yeah. After that yep. movie. You know, it's just um, kind of, you know, like Michael Myers hiding behind a bush you know, breathing heavily, you know, stalking um, (laughs) Laurie Stroud, you know, um, that's what happens. And it's
0: it's, it's it's, quite, it's quite paced and measured. And even if you Mm -hmm. go to the Friday the 13th until they went silly, I mean, you know, there might be five or six people killed, but they're sort of paced out. And in between, there's not you know, like it's sort of like every 13 minutes something might happen, but it was still, it wasn't about this sort of, um, I guess, generation where, you know, ki- kids are used to watching things in sound bites, I guess, and in, mm-hmm. in 15 second grabs on their iPhone. So it's sort of like, um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's been, um, yeah, it's been, uh, it, it's good to know that it's still, there's still an audience for people, mm-hmm. f- for films that sort of take their, take their time. Doesn't mean that they're mm-hmm. not going anywhere, but they just go about it in a different way.
1: Yeah, absolutely um, you were talking about um audience reactions at the various festivals i'm curious um how have the audience reactions been to obviously you've talked a little bit about the bit in the middle where there's a red screen there's five seconds of kind of noise in a red screen and then we go into the second half of the movie after that happens there's a big kind of tonal shift that I think it manages well, but it is a big tonal shift. How have audience re- reacted to that generally? Yeah, is look, still generally yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, no, totally. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, you only hear the positive ones. So it's like, you know, maybe <laughs> some people leave and go, God, I hated that way that that film changed. But look, it was always about that. And I think it's fundamental to the duality of the, the relationship. And I, again, it wasn't, it's hard to say, it wasn't done to be look. yeah, it, it, it's indulgent for sure. I mean, some of the things that I, I said to David, the producer who, um, you know, when we did this uh, chunk of red and even some of the audio choices were, were first film choices. That's not to say that they were, they weren't thought about. And um, it's just that normally you wouldn't be able to get away with that. Now, I mean, you know, like on, on other pictures, I'm, I'm sure I'm not going to, won't be able to have anywhere near the amount of creative freedom and latitude mm-hmm. to say, Oh, by the way, I'm putting seven seconds of red in the middle, you know, when you're talking to a studio or something. Um, but I, I, it wasn't just to do that to say, ha, ha I got away with that. It was, I, I really think that it was a breath. It was a moment and it was to say, yeah, we're changing now. We're going to take you down another path. Um, and again, I think David Lynch does it all the time. And I of so borrowed that sort of ideal of, of being uh, of discomfort when you suddenly go, well, hang on. Who, who, oh, right. Okay. It comes back, but, yeah, I, I, it demands a little bit of the audience. Um, so I, I think, and we're, we're up for general release, I think, in eight weeks in Australia and the rest of the world to follow. So it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the world takes, you know, because, I mean, the festival crowd, as you know, um, is, is film literate, you know, and is quite, mm. um, and people probably listening to this, uh, they know their stuff. So I think there's, you're allowed a little more, especially genre film festival crowds are the best ever. You know, they, we're talking about film like me. We're talking about film geeks that watch heaps of stuff. So I think you're allowed to get away with a bit more. So when you go to the, when you go to the, the normal punter on the weekend just going to check a film out, that'll be a more interesting reaction, you know, like of going, because yeah. they may not be down to uh, sort of like, because it, it is quite unconventional. So it's not like the, the channel, you know, the channel movie of the week on the, you know, like that sort of sits there in a template or a, um, you know, a known sort of like style and structure. But it, by and large, it's been going down well. And I think once people are, are there on that ride, and I think if I don't have them by that stage, then I've probably lost them already. Um, so I think if you're there whatever oh, whenever that happens, you know, the 48 minute mark or something, mm. um, I think, you know, you've got them anyway and they're, they're willing to go on the ride. Ro- they're on the ride already. Other people might go, you know, who, who haven't kept up or haven't, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't worked for them. Then maybe a different reaction, but, uh, Very deliberate and very a film of two halves. And hopefully when, you know, like when you get to the end, you sort of realise why that's happened. Um, You know, the same thing with the music. I mean, the music wanted to be, I wanted to be loud there. You talked about that stuff before with, um, you know, John Carpenter's score for Halloween. And I just keep, it's funny, the music's become a big thing. And again, the reaction to the music has been, I mean, overwhelmingly 80%, maybe 85% positive. But there's been a few people that it's sort of um, been too loud or too, I don't know, you know, like uh, just uh, sort of um, over the top, you know, but it was deliberate because I just think, again, I don't know when that time was that score, musical score became almost an afterthought. And I love that, you know, the big time directors like Chris Nolan and that are bringing back, yeah, it's it's bloody loud and that's deliberate. And I want to shake you. You're watching a film. This is a crazy world. You know, I'm talking about a world where where uh, twins and, and uh, they put putting houses in the woods. And I mean, it's like... This is fantastical. So I don't want the score to be this little underscore of just like, you know, where it's not noticed. I mean, for some films that works, but for this film, it needed to be, wow, we're here, we're a movie, um, it's loud. And at times, you know, uncomfortably so. And yeah, but again, it just needed to be that way. And and people that aren't going to respond to the way the music is probably won't respond to um, to the tone of the film, but it's, you know, can't please everyone.
1: No, yeah, you absolutely can. I mean, the use of uh, sound and music is uh, very well done in the movie, and uh, I liked how there was these great big moments of just the soundtrack kind of blasting out at you and it building and building and building until it, it reached an absolute apex of sound and then just suddenly cutting out and having like moments of silence and just that kind of going back in your seat and like, Oh geez, that's just, where, where did that go? Um,
0: yeah. I mean, it's, it's cause I think, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it's like, cause I do think that as much as everyone's sort of like probably listening to this going, Oh wow, it's just wall wall sound. It's like a, you know, it's like a, it's, it's drive. Um, it's, it's not, it, it's, because there are those moments of, of quiet where we just let the, you know, Adelaide or Vila just sort of speak. Um, and there's no sound and there's no music and there's no, um, apart from, you know, the, the, the language of conversation, the sound of conversation. So there's that as well. But yeah, th- th- then suddenly it's, whoa, that's loud. Um, we had, a, we had a screening. We've had, we've been in a few theatrettes and we, we David and I have gone in, uh, when, when we were doing sort of the tour and meeting studios and stuff, we would go to places and we would go into the, to the, um, to the, uh, you know, the box, to the, um, the projectionist and actually just amp it up a little bit. You know, they set these right. dials to I don't know, six or six point five or something. But sometimes you can go in and just say, just put it to seven. And just to see a reaction in a small theatre and a small theatre at them really like the walls are shaking. And I don't know, it's it's uh, that's a really sort of cool experience. And then it, it, it when it heightens the silence too. It's like that old Hitchcock the sound of silence with is really sort of eerie too. And right. I guess that makes those louder parts louder when there is big chunks of just Disgu- conversation. I'm really proud of the sound in the early on in the film where where she returns home and she's the mother, uh, the mother and the father, and that the, the dinner mm. conversation, which is like a really sort of um you know uh, abstract sort of it's a Donnie Darko moment. It's just really mm. awkward dinner conversation. A strange daughter returning home, mum and dad, everyone's disconnected, and you find out that the although you know they haven't found the the body that the, the, the parents have had a funeral, you know for for, for the for, for the missing daughter, even though they haven't found a body, so it just that's just conversation. And then there's a, just a really awkward. Again, I'm, you, you may not have even have picked it up. It, it depends on, but there's a really awkward sound that we couldn't get out, um, which is like a sound of a conventional oven that was broken that we mm. couldn't turn off. So it's actually under there, and it's really just one of those beautiful happenstance mistake. Well, not a mistake, but something that actually just works in the scene because we couldn't take it out because it was under a lot of the dialogue tracks and it's just those awkward little sort of sounds that you have in real life that sometimes are cleaned up in films. So there was those, which I think helped the whole, just, that just it's grating a little bit, but it sort of helps the scene
1: absolutely absolutely I, that, that was another scene that kind of made me think of, of, of those kind of uh, Lanthimos films of you know the the dialogue being kind of uh, stilted and and yeah. awkward and the what is not said being more important than what's actually being said
0: yeah look it, it's yeah again yeah yeah well that's it's it's that's uh, and I, that's the way that I write and I, I look i i 'd love to say i'll send you some short work too because i've done some short films that are um before as a, as a lead up to this where my dialogue is always sort of slightly um and the performance is sort of it's not quite real it's sort of real but it's slightly um sort of hyper real i don't know if somebody mm-hmm. called it but it's like um kind of uh, it's there but it's not really how people talk but it's sort of like how they talk in this world and i think as soon as I established, even that, you know, when he, when Alex Russell's character picks um, her up from the airport and they're in the car and
1: mm-hmm. it,
0: everything's just got like a tiny bit too much gap or something in it, which doesn't work if you do one or two scenes like that. But I'd like to think that the whole film is, is structured like that. So yeah. the whole world, everyone is slightly off. Everyone is sort of slightly slow or slightly, it's a, it's, it's, it's a stilted, jilted reality, you know, and it, it's sort of, um, yeah. So I, th- I think it works for that where it's like sort of not what's said and lots of looks, lots of people just looking, which is hard to sell, man, when you've got the script and you're like, well, you haven't given away that info. Oh no, that'll be in a look. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I should sure look at him, you know, don't- but you don't say it. You know, That must expects- be
1: hard to direct in terms of the actors. And- yeah, and
0: yeah. Look, casting, I guess, Scott, you know, like it comes back to that. It comes back to, you know, you get that cast right. And I think mm-hmm. I I was really lucky. I mean, you know Adelaide and Alex, who, are, who I'm really close mates with Alex personally, but like I mean, I knew he was right for this role from the get go. Um, Adelaide is just wonderful, and her work in Rectify, where she, where she doesn't say a lot, um, you know, uh, and she just sort of just she does it with her with her, the slightest little look. We had a little joke, Anna Howard, the DOP, and myself. We'd just say, when in doubt, just go to a close up on Adelaide because it's just <laughs> like sort of like you just get a face, and it would be like just mesmerising. She did the slightest little nuance look or twitch or something was beautiful and vila as well that those scenes with her and you know we happened upon her um we shared the same um manager and and you know like he mentioned um he mentioned uh her and uh, have you seen the broken circle breakdown when we were looking for the nerita Narita character um mm. you know and again we got lucky there i'd always seen that 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 role as the as being european it wasn't just you know um uh sort of like, let's get a European. Um, it, but it was, I, I don't know why, the, the doctor was always going to be European and, and a female, which I think is really cool. I mean, it was conventionally, uh, you know, a little, little little giveaway here. And I don't think I've said this before, but it's, it's, it was originally written as a male, that role. Um, right. You know, but then I thought, well, that was just my conventional thinking of, oh, the doctor, the chief sort of like, well, she's not the baddie, but just one of the, you know, antagonists. She's, um, it's a male, a male German doctor. It's like, oh, come on that's a bit cliche. So yeah. And then just the female and, and her relationship with Maud is just beautiful. I think, and and look, that's those actors. I'm not going to claim all the credit for that. They, they, they just came and brought it. And those moments when they, they hardly say anything when she's bandaging her up and finds her and you know, they just look at each other and you're a twin and you know, like it's just beautiful. It's really beautiful. It's almost romantic.
1: <laughs> yeah. Almost. Yeah. Um, I think definitely one of um, maybe just being as well as a horror fan, um, a metal fan, uh, one of my favourite moments uh, in terms of Virla is um, when she sings a Ramstein song as a kind of creepy lullaby. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it's again, hats off, man. I mean, like, you, I, I, so many people haven't got like, well, you know, I'm not, uh, you, you don't know how many Ramstein fans are out there. You know, it wasn't, we didn't sort of like say, you know, there's not a disclaimer underneath it. Obviously it's in the credits, you know, but, but it's, um. we were really lucky to get that. And it was, it was Vila and I, we'd had a nurse, I'd had a nursery rhyme written originally, mm-hmm. you know, I want to give her credit for this one. Um, We did it together, but she really came up sitting, going through the script and this was into the, you know, she was, so, I think she was singing a, a German version of, um, Jack and Jill, something tumbling down the mountain or whatever, you know. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And uh, so it was like it was it was it was creepy, you know, like hi hi. She's speaking, she's singing in German. It was creepy, you know. I just um, anything, and especially like that. And she sort of almost she cries on cue, and it's just it was beautiful. We rehearsed it, and then we were we were sort of like back at my place at night with a few of the actors, and then everyone left. And she said, "Look, I'm just this bothering me. I just don't think that's right, you know." Um, and I said, "Yeah, it wasn't sitting." 100% for me. I mean, it was still working. Mm-hmm. And then she said, um, uh, "On it, she, We'd been listening to, we'd, we'd, we'd shared a love of loud, heavy music too. Um, and so she'd said, What about this? And I knew the song, but 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 she came to me with it and sort of said, I want to sing this. Um, and I said, That's perfect. And then I so I ring David up straight away. It was like, This was my Kubrick moment. You know, like the, well, if you hear the story of the singing in the rain in Clockwork Orange, where I don't know, Malcolm McDowell, so so the story goes, started you know in that scene, we started singing singing in the rain and then Kubrick's like, get me the rights to that. It was a little bit like that, which was, I just rang David and said, see if we can get, and we, I didn't think it was a possibility because we weren't, you know, our budget wasn't huge. Um, And I would probably allotted all of our sort of, luckily we used a lot of like this Beethoven, Mozart and a lot of the classical stuff, which is sort of, you know, which is fairly cheap and out of copyright essentially just yeah. pay for publish, just pay for publishing because we weren't using the original Ramstein. Um, it was, it was pretty good. It was like, um, you know, I forget what it was, but it was, it was, well, it was affordable. It stretched us, but it was affordable. And, um, I guess it was just, we were so blessed because we, we, we'd, we'd done it and we weren't sure that we could get it until so, so we'd, we'd, we'd filmed it. I'd cut it together and we were still trying to work out whether it was possible to get to, to, to get the right. So it was so amazing and awesome. And look, when it's played in Germany, I hope, I think we've been in contact with the, the band and, and um, you know, the, so hopefully, because I love when people, when people recognize it and again, it was just, it wasn't to say, look, we got a Rammstein in there, but it just works so beautiful. And if you look at the lyrics of that, and that was the crucial thing. Vila came to me with that track and it wasn't just, Oh, this sounds creepy it was listen to the lyrics and obviously it's in it was in german so i needed her to translate it for me and when i read the english translation it was like my god that's that's like it was written for the film so um yeah look that i'm really proud of that and i'm really you know but but hats off to vila she's got to take credit for that
1: all right well that's that's, that's, that's a really good it's, it's a story i like i like her just like you're a your kubrick woman that's that's uh, excellent yeah well um, no, no,
0: look I, I heard that I, i'm i'm assuming that was true i've read read so many books on that yeah and I, like, i've i've read have heard you heard that too yeah, that, that, heard, yeah, that, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so sure. um you know i'm sure singing in the rain cost heaps more than especially the way that that was used i'm sure that, that <laughs> was a lot more liaising you know what i mean but it's funny when you hear these stories and i remember um I remember Tarantino talking about, um, on a podcast, I think talking about My Sharona was going to be the scene, the, the sodomy scene track in Pulp Fiction, uh-huh. um, you know, like so that they ended up, uh, that they couldn't get. So the, he'd written it with My Sharona by The Knack, was going to be the track when um, Ving Rhames is in the back room and you come in yeah. and follow Bruce Willis in the POV shot. And they couldn't, they wouldn't allow, they wouldn't, the, the public had said, you're not using this song for this. It wasn't a money thing. They'd said, you're not, the subject matter, you're not using this song um you know so I, you always think oh can i get it you know and i was so i was so married to this track you know that um yeah i mean we would have been yeah we've been screwed if we couldn't get it too because we'd shot it so it was like that scene would have had to be the cutting room floor the deleted scenes man you know
1: oh man well i, I mean you did um uh you did a few shorts before you um uh, did uh, this movie how how yes. did you first get into movie making I and mean, was it always your dream to become a film director was that always the direction you were going to go in oh uh,
0: yeah look it was, was it's was funny i was talking to um my wife about sort of like the other day about oh you when did you you know like and she said you always knew you wanted to, you know, i i i kind of did i mean it was sort of like um it was like a Star Wars moment, really. My old man, my dad took me to see Star Wars, I think, when I was like, I don't know, um, uh, in a rerun or something, or you know, I was seven or something, and it was when that mm. ship came over at the start, and it was just, I was done, you know? That was it, you know? And, and it was sort of like, I wanted, I want to do that. I want to make stories and, and worlds and create stuff like that, which I think a lot of directors probably have that Star Wars moment, or well, not Star Wars, but, but whatever it was, that sort of yeah. turned them on to, you know, the world of fantasy and the, this, and then... You went through and I, you know, always liked writing and wanted to, with doing short films and, and you know, vi- photographing family events and making videos of my sisters and doing little horror movies, strangely enough. I've got a horror movie that I did with my sisters with knives and, you know, biscuits for blood that they, you know, th- vomit up. And, you know, so that, all that stuff, which, you know, you see on, you know, like... Um, uh, you know, when you hear other directors talk, yeah, I I, yeah. I followed that same path. Then went to the film school when I could get in. I failed a few times, but tried to get in and then got in. Um, and then, um, yeah, I, and then it was obviously getting swept up in the, the 70s, the films of the 70s and Polanski and, 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 and Kubrick, and then going back and, and watching all the masters and, you know, going that route and then, um, but still having a healthy balance of commercial too. I think, I think mm-hmm. that's the key. I, I, I it annoyed me for a while that everyone, you sort of had to quote intellectual sort of theory when it came to filmmaking. Cause I still love, you know, um, I still love a big commercial film as much as, you know, independent art cinema. And I think it's important to sort of have both streams. Um, sometimes when you hang out with filmmakers a lot, you just, you've sort of got to over intellectualize everything. And I guess that's why I love genre film because I just love something that's just straight up, um, Here's he's he's a piece of you know here's a genre film here's some fun now it can be done badly and it can be done well and I think that's what separates you know we, we went to Fantastic Fest and Sitches and all this and there were films there that normally and I I'd put rabbit in that basket you wouldn't especially especially expect to see them I mean uh, Sacred Deer was there we had the the you know like there was there were films like that that was sort of like um uh, you know along with conventional genre so I think this whole way of, of moving is um. The markets it's a really exciting, interesting time. So basically, I just started making shorts then in my twenties, and then yes, yeah, come up with the script of, of Rabbit. I'm commercial director as well, so I do the commercials as well to sort of you know pay the bills, um, and you know mix mix it up with video clips and uh, and um, short films. And then you know these and then but filmmaking was you know feature film was the long form was the goal always.
1: And was it always? Um horror you were going to aim for because like I was looking through your credits in terms of your shorts and they they seem to be more comedic um from Yeah a- look
0: and it's funny it's funny if you look at my if you look at my commercial reel I'm at Moxie Pictures um commercially with um yeah some some um some cool people out of the European mm-hmm. States and uh, my commercial reel is comedic. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like it's funny when people And it's funny, some advertising, some agency people and creatives came to the the rabbit premiere at Melbourne and went, shivers, what's going on, man? Like, you know, like you do, you know, I do, you know, I might just do a, like a Holden big car ad or something or a big ad for telecom or something. And they're like, wow, I didn't know this was lurking underneath. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, 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 I started off doing, when I say comedy though, it's, it's more the dark, like. Yeah. And you probably, I hope you noticed some, you know, some comedy mo- moments of laughing, you know, like um, in, in Rabbit, which is that awkward laughing. So it wasn't that broad yes, sort of like, um, it wasn't sort of generic, sort of like, uh, I don't know, that old school type Will Ferrell comedy. Not that I, I really like Will Ferrell, but it's like, it's it wasn't that sort of, it was just that more, well, that's, that's odd. laughing at stuff. You shouldn't laugh at dark comedy. I, you know, it was dark. So the ads that I do do, I'd like to think are still very straight, but I like to just, um, I like to basically tap into those awkward sides of everything. I mean, you can't do certain rabbit things when you, when you're selling a car, but still, if you get those little nuanced, sort of like little truthful observations about people, you'll sort of find some tragedy in there somewhere, you know?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. In terms of um, in terms of future projects, are 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 you, are you looking at um, developing more of that yeah. side of thing of like oh, dark no, look, comedy oh, or no, like look, another I'm, horror? I'm
0: here, man. I'm here now. Yeah, like so. Like, I, I, it's funny. Like I said, I I said at the start of this that I wasn't envisaging my first film to be a horror, even though I love mm. horror. Um, yeah. But I'm still, I sort of do like the dark you know, people, it's funny, people were like, oh, just be careful you don't get stuck there. And it's like, I mean, like it's a bad thing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, that's not to say I'm not open to other things, but I do enjoy. And this was from me doing the festival circuit and, and being with like-minded filmmakers that are in there when I felt like, well, Rabbit's not really like your film, which has, but I, I found myself really enjoying I guess the, like having a film experience and this is back to the whole reason why I got into it was to for some people to come out of the film rabbit or whatever film it is and go, wow, that was something. And not just, I just, I don't know. I don't want to be bored. I don't want to come yeah. out and go, okay, well that was an hour and a half. Great. What's for dinner. And not think about that again. I'm not saying you've got to love it. And it's, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. That doesn't matter, but at least have an experience and just, and come out and go, far out. I don't know if I I've had people come up and say, I don't know if I like your film, but I can't stop thinking about it. Now, to me, I'd much rather take that like as a piece of art going, okay, I don't even know how to process that yet. Can we talk about it next week? Than just going, Yeah, that was okay. I forget what it, what was it called again? <laughs> you know you know yeah. what I mean? Like that
1: <laughs> Yeah Yeah. I, mean, I, yeah. I, I I I suppose nobody wants their their movie to be kind of enjoyably unmemorable in terms of just like oh yeah I'm yeah you know things happened and it it seemed quite good while I was watching it I can't really remember it now you know it's
0: just it's just it's sort of like again I, I, I keep saying the word Kubrick but it's like I think even Spielberg said it's impossible to stop watching a Kubrick film once you turn it on you know, like it's it, it's like hypnotic, and there's something in that. Now, again, I'm not for one second comparing my rabbit or anything to, but I'd like to make stuff that has people go, yeah, like as opposed to even the other night, my wife said to me, "I'll oh, just put something on in the background." You know what I mean? Just just put, just put. Now, I don't think rabbits ever going to be that kind of film, like that you no. just put on as a background while what we're having dinner, just 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 as background noise, like you put the cricket on or something. It's sort of like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's. I really it's like. It's like, you were
1: talking about. You, you mentioned um, Lynch a few times. You know, yeah. you can't put like a razor head or blue velvet on just in the background. And just be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> just
0: loop it. Just loop it while the family's over and your you, you, you your grandparents are over. Just you know, oh, sorry guys, it's going to go in the background. You know, yeah. No, it's it's. I, I love films that 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 that. that are effective or effective. And that, that might not mean it's like, um, I've had some films that I, 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 I came out going, I don't think I liked it, but geez, I, I, I appreciate, like, I was like, wow. Um, yeah, yeah I, it won't leave me. And I, and that's the biggest thing. The biggest kick I got out of Rabbit was not someone going, coming out and going, um, Oh, it's amazing. It was like, like, like that feeling you get after watching, um, I don't know, Star Wars or something where you, yeah. but I've had so many people, contact me a week later and said, I can't get this out of my head. And there's images and there's visions, even down to my in-laws who were just like, this is not their type of film. Absolutely not. I'd made them come to the opening of the Adelaide Film Festival. And then, you know, like my, my, my wife's parents that they would never in a million years want to watch this film. Never. And they were, they, they were being polite and being wonderful. Um, but afterwards, and I know that it's not their cup of tea, but a few days later, um, my father-in-law comes up and says he shook his head at breakfast and just said, oh, "I can't get you. I can't get it out of my head. It's really troubling me." And it's like, and I was like, "Yes, you know." Like I mean, I don't know. It's like a, he wouldn't go and choose to watch this film. I'm not even saying he liked it, but but, but he couldn't. I don't know. It's with him now, you know.
1: Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about um, any? future projects or sorry
0: i i i rabbited there you go rabbited um yeah sometimes i just always
1: always appreciate a good pun
0: (laughs) (laughs) a podcast nightmare i just sort of like go off on tangents um the yeah no uh yes so i've got two i'm looking at two really nice projects um uh offshore that that are really good that part of me wants to i'm sort of torn I've, i've never directed anything i haven't written Mm-hmm. which I think is, and that's not to say that I don't want to, cause I do. Um, it's just obviously, as you know, you know, like you, when you're starting off, no one's going to just come and throw stuff at you. Yeah. Cause they're like, you know, you're not proven. So it's hard to get, so you've got to write for yourself and, and go and shoot it. So that's what I did. Um, and I'll always write stuff, but part of me is excited about collaborating with other writers um, yeah. around this genre. And I've met a lot of people now. So I'm like, I'm looking at a whole bunch of scripts Two, I've narrowed it down to that I really like. I, look, I've also written one that I'm moving forward with, but I don't want to just put all my eggs in that basket and go, this is my next film. So um, there's another two which with which I may co-write, which I might just even direct. I mean, I may do a pass on, but, uh, sorry, a pass of the script on. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, sort of like, and again, one's a little like, one's set in, one's a genre and one's more a, Sort of a middle American contemporary. It's still a thriller, but more a, a No Country for Old Men style. Like, um, still dark, very dark. You know, mm. I don't. To, to your point about staying in horror, I'll stay dark. You know, like I think I'll stay with that sort of. Um, I'm not saying it'll be. Uh, it, it'll all be conventionally labelled as horror, but it'll definitely have that. Um, well, like you mentioned, Killing of Sacred Deer. That's as light. I mean, that's that's when you mentioned comedy, that's probably, that's my comedy. That's a comedy for me, you know? Um,
1: There's a lot of funny moments in that movie. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, so that's, that's the, if, if ever I did a comedy, it would be that type of comedy. But mm. I think I, I I am attracted to what really excited me was the visceral excitement of um, the visceral challenge of, 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 playing with, um of playing with suspense and playing with sort of, um, sort of, uh, you know, shock being able just, and again, the biggest training ground for me recently, and and which is going to help me is is watching other filmmakers films and being in the audience and seeing what, seeing how people react. And you'd get to go to a lot of fest, you know, you'd see, you'd see what's working and what's Mm -hmm. not, you know? So I think rabbit, you know, rabbit, I'm so proud of it. Is it, you know, it's not the greatest film ever made. I think it's pretty good, but I tell you what, like I learned so much more that will, um, and it gave me the chance to. I mean, I'll never have that creative freedom again. So, I mean, it's my first baby that's I've been allowed to. Nothing. I'm. I'm totally proud that everything there is what I wanted you to see. You know? Yeah. Which is, which is great. So I've, I've I've been told not to expect that ever again. Which is look, but hey, I'll, I'll reach for the stars.
1: <laughs> you mean as well?
0: Yeah, you know. Do. So-
1: do um uh, either of the two movies you you? Oh, sorry, you're... sorry,
0: mate. Sorry, I just I paused then. I've just paused. Um, yeah. So I've got these. two. I can't mention their names yet. Um, right. so. Uh, but yeah. Look, it will be one of those. I'm pretty sure it will be one of those two. So, and I'll also uh, to keep me busy over the last, I've been developing some uh, commercial projects. Well, actually, just directing commercials. But the writing, I've been working nonstop at night, trying to hedge out these sort of deals with overseas. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be um, it'll be we released Rabbit. Uh, it's been held off a little bit. It went to winter only because they felt it was a winter movie. And back to your point about the look of it, I think it will be. I mean, here in here in sunny Australia, no one really goes to the movies much over over summer because they're all sort of swimming at the beach in thirty five degrees. So <laughs> so it's not a good time for. Um, for films, to to well, films like Rabbit. Anyway, you could do a, an Avengers film at any time, I'd reckon, or a Star Wars film. But Rabbit, yeah. I think, needs to be sort here, of hated. Here, in,
1: here in Scotland. It's kind of cold most of the time, so it's yeah. yeah sorry, I realised that's said anything. Like
0: a, yeah, that was a Sydney wanker there, wasn't it? it was like oh, you know, like oh, well, it was like thirty four yesterday or whatever. Yeah, yeah, sort of like yeah, it does. <laughs> it is ridiculous. So much so now, Scott, that we want the wind. Like people are. It's still like t-shirt and shorts. We're in like, well, we're in May. We're nearly, I mean, Mm. winter starts next month. We're in the end of autumn. And it's like, this is just crazy weather, you know. It's just still like late 20s degrees, you know. Centigrade. It's just like, you know, it should be starting to get cold, you would think.
1: Yeah, you would would imagine. Um, That's crazy.
0: (laughs) Have you been down to Sydney?
1: I have not. I'd certainly like to go and certainly like to see Sydney
0: you should man you should yeah so look those two so i'll keep you posted definitely just sort of like so i'm just trying to work out the sort of a, a schedule and a structure and there's a few sort of actors involved and, and play overseas and so yeah sort of hammering all that out but i definitely want to get back on the horse as a director first mm-hmm. um and then if one of my if one of my writing assignments comes up in the interim great but i'm not hanging out for that you know like rabbit probably took well, probably four years if you look at from when i sat down and put pen to paper. Mm-hmm. so um you know like so that's a long time so if somebody handed me a, a, a you know a script and even if they wanted me to do a pass or not and i felt like i could bring my style to it then that's the project i want to move on to you know i don't want to sort of sit in script limbo for another two years yeah. waiting to get my next project up
1: absolutely i can uh totally understand that I well, got the
0: buzz, man. Yeah, definitely got the buzz now. And it's just like, um, um, it's hard even going back and doing short film work. Um, yeah. You know, going back and doing 45 sec, 60 second TV commercials. And you're like, oh yeah. God, you know, there's just no time to flesh out characters and work. And I, you know, um, they're a bit of fun, but I'll tell you what. Yeah. Once you taste that drama, that's, that's where you're at, you know?
1: Yeah. Sorry. Just want to get on with making more feature films Absolutely. after this experience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yep.
1: Well, I mean, I certainly enjoyed uh, watching uh, Rabbit when I when I saw it. It was certainly a movie that um, I came out of and, like you were talking about, I it stuck in my mind. And, I, you know, I, I, I thought about it and you know, it made me kind of, you know, like question how much... Did I like it? And you know, I, I ended up. You know, I actually like it more the more I thought about it. Um, but that I think that's um, a good point to kind of uh, wrap this up. It's you've been a great guest, it's been interesting hearing all about the movie. Um, yeah. So
0: thank you, mate. Thank you. Sorry, I know I. I, I... Yeah, I talk sometimes, you just got to say stop. But it's like, you know, like it's, a, yeah, very passionate about talking about it, which is exciting yeah. too, because I'm still, here I am after it, you know, like, uh, yeah, we shot it, well, a year and a half, two years ago. But I'm still, yeah, it's passionate, ever, which I think is, is, is a good sign, you know.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, once again, uh, thanks for being on the show. And whenever those projects come to light, we'll be very... Very thankful to have you back on anytime.
0: Thank you, Scott. Appreciate it.
1: That was my guest, Luke Shanahan there, who I'd like to thank very much for being on the show. As always, I'd like to thank you, listener, for tuning in to this latest episode of New Horror Express. Well, that's all for this month. But remember, and tune in next month when our guest will be another Australian film director, Ben Young. Until then... You can check out all previous episodes on iTunes and Stitcher, as well as our website, newhorrorexpress.com. And don't forget, you can give us a like on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Until next month, see ya.